Welcome back to our podcast. Today, Michelle and I are at Cherry Road Winery with the owner, Judy. Hi, Judy. Hi. Thanks for being here. Yes, I'm excited. We're sitting outside right now enjoying a glass of wine. we got to share that part with you. This is stark white wine that is um, kind of a Pinot Grigio. It is a Pinot Grigio. (laughs) And Judy and her husband own this beautiful place, and we're sitting outside, and there's gorgeous umbrellas and picnic tables and and her pup Sophie's here with us and so (laughs) we are just really enjoying this space and wanted to get a little bit of information about the Cherry Road Winery. So do you and your husband own this together? Um, Actually no I own the winery. Um, Fred owns the business property that we're on so we divided the business a little bit when we started the winery just um, for risk purposes and um, I guess just to keep the businesses a little bit separated. So we jokingly talk about, you know, he's the winemaker and he works for me, but he's my landlord. So, you know, we have a good partnership. It's a symbiotic yes, relationship. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's a good partnership. Well, that's great. So this is your property that you guys had. How long have you had this property? So we bought um, all the businesses on this property in 2014 from my dad. And at the time when we bought it, we have storage units here. So we have um, 36 individual units that people rent from us. And then we have a large building in the back where we store boats in the winter. So it's winter boat storage. And those two businesses my dad had started in the 1970s. So those buildings have been here. Most of the buildings have been here since then. And this building where the winery is at was actually the first building that was built here in 1969. And this was built as a welding shop for my dad and his partner, but my dad was not a welder. My dad was an entrepreneur. Mm, Sounds like it. so always looking for a business to start and his buddy was a welder. I think it was just kind of a way to get away. For the two of them, they had their own little thing. Man cave. You know, the original man cave. Here. Yeah. yeah, their own little man cave in 1970. Um, but after a few years of that, they decided they didn't want to do that anymore. And so they started renting this out. At that time, the property wasn't in the city of Maslin. And so there was no water, no, no septic system, no sewer. So we were very limited as to what um, could be a business here on this property. But how great to turn it into a storage unit. That's yeah, the perfect yeah. So fit. that was his vision. I said with four children, he probably realized how much stuff families accumulate and they need extra storage. So he uh, started, actually this was the first storage unit in Maslin, um, the units that we have. And over time, um, we he got older and my husband started helping. My husband rented this building, that's the winery now. Fred always had a band from the time he was a teenager, he played in a band. So this was kind of his practice place. And at some point, um, again, like I said, my dad was always starting businesses um, up on the corner. We own the corner up here. So that's Cherry Road in the city of Maslin, it's Cherry Road. It was Worcester Street in the mm-hmm. township and dad started selling produce up there. Mm. So he had these barns that we also sell barns, storage barns for Miller Barns. And um, he took one barn and he started going Amish country and getting produce and selling corn and tomatoes and watermelons up on the corner. And my kids and myself and my husband, we sat up there with him probably about eight summers working that up there. 
And I used to sit there and Fred and I were traveling. Our daughter went to college in Erie, Pennsylvania. We were doing the Grand River Valley wine oh, love that. Uh, area yeah. in Northeast Ohio, stopping at a lot of wineries. And I jokingly said to my dad, you know, we should be selling wine up here. And he's like, oh, go ahead. Um, but there were limitations. So the limitations were no water, no sewer. Um, and it just kind of fell together. The, there was a housing development that was in the works across the street from my parents. I grew up right around the corner here on, on Cherry Road. And there was a housing development being planned there and the city of Maslin wanted to annex that property. So they approached my dad and asked if he wanted to be part of the annexation because they need to go through property to get to that property. And he said yes. So at that time, and that was probably 2012, he agreed to have the city annex the property. Well, he's and a very forward thinker, yes. though, always thinking oh, yeah. not one step or two step, like 10 steps ahead. Right, right. And so, and we had to, you know, the township fought it a little bit, um, but that that already was case law. It really was just a matter of them realizing that um, it's happening. annexation happens when you have um, a majority of the property, property owners agree to it. So we agreed, the farm across the street, they agreed. And so, and the funny thing is that housing development is never, it's never taken place up there, but it benefited us mm -hmm. here to have the water. It was meant to be. And yeah, it was. So then um, dad went, dad was going to Florida and coming back in the summers and we said, hey, you know, we'd like to buy the property. We'll maintain it for you. Um, and so we, we just bought, he, I have three brothers. So I have three older brothers. So he approached them and they didn't want to buy it. So, so we, we took it over. We took all the businesses over. And so that was 2014 when we actually purchased it. The winery opened in the fall of 2016. Um, sadly, my dad was here in August to see what we were doing, but he passed away two weeks after we opened the winery. Aww. So he didn't get to come back. Um, and see it open, which is sad to me because he would have he would he would have loved it, and I don't think he would have ever gone back to Florida <laughs> again because yeah. he was a people person. So yeah. he would have been sitting here greeting everyone. There's so many but, pieces uh, of this yeah. that's so interesting because you know, first of all, you were born into a family where you know you just don't ever say no, and oh. and there's always a vision, and there's always something else, and there's always something else. Mm -hmm. um, but you weren't always in this business, so no. this is a no. whole nother career right. move. How where did you start so um my, so fred is a i would say he's a woodworker woodworker and a musician by trade mm -hmm. so worked for a long time in an industry where he learned learned a lot of uh, just mechanical electrical woodworking things that help you know i think that every it's well-rounded every, every young person should learn yes. right yes um and so, uh, and I was always in business. I have a degree in business and worked in banking and then transitioned into education. And from that path in the business side of that, um, eventually ended up leading a school district, a small school district. And so I like the HR part. But so you were a superintendent I was as a well. superintendent, yeah, yeah. And that was, that was a little bit of a balance with us deciding to open a winery, you know, um, did you quit to start? I did not. I so did you were not. doing. I, I all continued of it. working as superintendent, but it did feel that maybe being the lead role in a school district was not, probably not the best in opening a winery or having a winery. And, and there's different different communities feel differently about that. Mm -hmm. So I left and went on to another school district to become the human resource director, mm -hmm. which is which is my love anyway, is working mm -hmm. with people. 
And so through that, the five years when we started the winery, we knew I still had five years to work to be able to retire from education. And so we knew we were going to do this with him working most of the days and me helping out. And I do all the business. He does everything here on the property. Um, I said some days he's the maintenance guy and some days he's the mower, you mm -hmm. know, who just depends on what's happening that's, that that's day. That's awesome. Some days work. he's pruning Dude. grapes. Mondays he's always working on wine. Monday's wine day. Mm -hmm. He's always so here all day. such an entrepreneur, did you have that vision even when you were younger that you kind of wanted something eventually? You know, I think what I wanted was to do something like my dad did. I wanted to start my own business. Yeah. I just wanted to be able to say I did something. But with... I, I always worked for someone mm -hmm. and whether it was a school or whether it was a bank, I always worked for a company and, and I really wanted to see what it would be like to be my own boss. But um, I think with having a family and at the ages that, that we were talking about this, it just worked out well for us um, to wait my career out and have Fred get started in it. And so when we opened, um, we had those five years that we knew. I, I really opened with the idea of, or I should say in the pre-planning, um, I wanted to have a little grocery store, wine venue. I really wanted to be up on the corner. That's why the name is Cherry Road Winery. And we get that question a lot. Um, you know, why is it called Cherry Road and you're on 27th Street? Mm -hmm. Now we say we're just off Cherry Road. Mm -hmm. Because the idea was, this was a little building. We were going to produce wine here, and we were going to build a tasting room up on so the like, corner. Almost like Breitenbach a yes. little bit. Because yeah. I love sure. going in there, and there's the cheese and yeah. the little yeah. candles and yeah. grocery. And, and now they've got the tool shed across yes. the street up on the hill where yep. they have the big venues. Yep. And, you know, there's different buildings there. Where they make the wine is in that very gothic Mm -hmm. wine cellar but the tasting room is just you know a lovely space mm -hmm. with the different places you can eat and that's kind of what we thought we would have here we would make the wine here but we would have the tasting room on the corner of cherry road um, but when we got here and we and we spent time with people coming in and talking to our customers they like sitting out here we've got now we've got an acre of property um, the bike trail is very close by the sippo valley bike trail is just off our street um, I mean I can see it from where we're sitting we've gotten people come off the bike trail we actually had a couple from Germany who was they were biking during COVID from uh, they were biking from Georgia to New York City oh my gosh. and ended up on this bike trail and heard music oh. here and came up off the bike trail, had a bottle of wine. How serendipitous to meet I know. some German people in the I middle know. of... I know, in the middle of all of that, right? Yeah. And And so then we asked them, where are you going to spend the night? And they said they were going to camp along the bike trail. And so we just offered them the patio and said, why don't you just camp here? And we offered them the bathroom at night before we closed and in the morning. And so we've had that happen twice of people not from around here. People literally biking on this trail the other couple was from wisconsin but they were biking from cincinnati to cleveland oh my gosh and they got off that trail i guess you need to play here. the music good and loud and bring in the people right <laughs> yeah so you know the the location here on 27th street and we realized how hard it would be we would be constantly moving wine from here up mm -hmm. you know up to the other location and how difficult that would be so we just thought we'll just 
you know, we'll stay here. Mm-hmm. We, we know our limitations um, as far as how much we're going to be able to produce and how big we can get in this space. And really building up there didn't really give us that much more. Mm-hmm. We can do the same thing in this same location. And what our customers said to us, they love this rustic building. They love the story of the building. We turned our boat storage building into indoor parking. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, we've done that. <laughs> and so that's very unique. It is. Um, but we, we stood in there one day thinking about tearing it down, um, part of it, for parking. And then we looked at it and said, you know, why, why would we ever do that? I mean, we have covered parking. Right. And that's a, and a, a it's safe hot, hot and commodity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a walk, but so are a lot of our other wineries where we park out in a field right. and walk to the tasting room. So... Um, it is, you know, that's maybe the challenge here is parking for us. And we've talked a little bit about Grand River. We've talked about Breitenbach. So did you guys, I mean, what a fun, fun reconnaissance is to go out to all kinds <laughs> of wineries. Was there one that you sort of, or did you take oh, pieces from, Interesting. you know, to bring it to yours? Because yeah. it's really unique and, and cute and special here. Thanks. Um, I, we like to jokingly say we, we are always doing market research, mm-hmm. so we're always visiting other wineries. How fun. I, I want to be involved. <laughs> we continue. I'll be your market we'll, we'll researcher. You along. We'll, we'll invite you along. So we continue. One of the things we like to do is visit our friends, um, our, the, the wineries nearby. So, and, and I, I think I posted this on our website, what Fred will say he likes about the wine industry is the people that we meet and the other winemakers and the business itself, there's a camaraderie here, there's a friendship between winemakers. There's competitiveness too, um, there, there always is that. But there, there's a phone call away of, hey, I don't know what's going on. We had a wine last year that kind of over-fermented um, and we joked about it, it was our elderberry and we called it our sparkling elderberry mm-hmm. because it was fizzy, but it wasn't supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, but, but as soon as he talked, he, he knew what he did and he just confirmed mm-hmm. it with someone else and yep, we won't make that mistake again. Or if it's intentional, that's great, it'll be a sparkling wine. But um, so, you know, you can just give a call to anyone in the industry and it's a very strong, we're, we're fortunate because we're supported by the Department of Agriculture. The Ohio Department of Agriculture supports winemaking wine is a huge business in Ohio. And they really support us. We do pay taxes. We pay excise taxes annually on what we produce um, and sell. And we pay taxes to the state of Ohio and the federal government. But um, from the tax monies from Ohio, they send back to us uh, cooperative opportunities mm-hmm. to advertise, they um, so they sent posters yeah. back to yeah. us. Um, yeah, just lots of opportunities to get together, meetings, and, and learn from other winemakers. So, so I to get back to your question, um, I had some favorites back in the day. There were a few that we would go visit because we liked their tasting room, we liked mm-hmm. their wine. They had the right, just the right combination. Um, mm-hmm. One I can tell you is in Vermilion, and they may not even know this, but Paper Moon. I have not been to that one. I've been to many, but that's one I haven't. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. There was um, Wyandotte in Columbus. I I pestered them. Being an educator and driving to Columbus to a lot of meetings, I would stop at a winery on my way home, and Wyandotte right outside Mm -hmm. of Columbus was one. Mm -hmm. And Robin Coolidge, the owner there, and his son at the time, um, Ryan, I think his name is, was working. And they're the ones who introduced us to the Kent State Enology Program. Mm-hmm. So Kent State Ashtabula is part of a, 
um, nationwide like collaborative of colleges who uh, offer winemaking courses. Oh, nice. And so Fred did a few of their winemaking courses, and I did a tasting room course. Mm-hmm. Um, and the woman who taught the tasting room course was from Missouri. So, you know, and you're on a call with, and this was before COVID and before all the Zoom, we're on a a call or on an online class um, from people from all over the country. Oh, that's cool. And you're learning, you know, what they do in their tasting room or what we do. But I think, and that's, you know, you at one point said, you know, for other small business owners or other female business owners, what, you know, what I might suggest. And I think the most important thing for us was to decide early on what we wanted to be and what we didn't want to be. And it's really important to know what you don't want to be. Um, So you learn when you go out, you know, what we, what we really liked about some places, what we really didn't like. And I still um, will tell our customers, we have a soft close of nine o'clock because I don't want to be rushed out. If mm-hmm. someone shows up at a quarter yeah, to nine. Yeah, you don't place that's like, okay, you're done. Yeah, and I, and I understand if they're paying hourly workers and they yeah. have a payroll that, you know, says that we need to cut off, then they cut off. But we've always felt that, you know, nine o'clock is our soft close, 9.30 is our last call, you know, mm, we really want to turn lights off at 10 o'clock. <laughs> but that was one thing, that was one, uh, kind of stickler for me um and then just the feel so wineries and tasting rooms and and the customers you bring in it's it's all about the experience they have here the, and, and we've said from day one the wine has to be good mm-hmm. um we won't sell people won't wine. come back right no matter right. how great the ambiance right. it really has to have some good wine right so the yeah. wine has to be good and that's fred's job and he's mm-hmm. done a phenomenal yeah, he has job done with a great that. job um but secondly then they have to have a, we have to have a good feel here. Mm-hmm. And him being a musician, um, we, we wanted to support live music. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be a place that had, you know, weekly we have musicians Where here. do you find your musicians? Um, uh, except, let me just say, when we were here, your husband Fred he was, was the entertainment. He had a great music <laughs> and band that night. But where do you come up mm. with a lot of your, your live so musicians? So some of them we met at other venues. Um, would drop a card in the in their tip bucket and say, "Give us a call with mm-hmm. a tip." Of course, mm-hmm. um, some of them we knew, and and just contacted them, and and so just kind of started reaching out to people. How many days a week do you guys do live? One day a week is our is our normal. Um, this summer we tested Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. to see if we could sustain it. A lot of other venues are doing multiple days, and we are bringing people in. Um, it's it it's a little tricky. You know, you, you have to balance with you paying a musician. Are you going to get enough people here? Does that musician have a following right. that they're, they're But then you also don't want to displace your regulars that want to come on Friday and have yeah. a nice seat right. without a big right. crowd, giant And crowd. so, you know, right now, as long as we've had beautiful le- weather like we have had um, this summer and last summer, we if someone really doesn't want the music, they can go inside mm-hmm. because right now the music's outside. Mm-hmm. If we have music inside, now this patio now has sides that we can oh, pull down. Oh, that's great! I didn't even notice that. So we have vinyl sides on the patio. So it gives so you a bigger space. We were in this. We were on this patio clear to December. Actually, Fred always plays the last Saturday in December, and we had it was full. Oh, completely that's so full. great! I have to remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I just want to say just what you're saying is reminiscent of our last couple of podcasts that we've done um, 
what you just said about we wanted to be more of what we want and, and less of what we didn't like. And Mary Genevieve said that about the coffee shops. Mm -hmm. Christy um, Blackerby said, listen to your customers. You just said right. that earlier. You, we listened to our customers. This is what they said they wanted. And Carrie Sullivan said, um, working with other beer, mm -hmm. you know, breweries right. and stuff, you're saying, I'm collecting, we, we work collectively with the wineries. I love that. And I think that goes to support network. You know, you got to have a support. You're not doing it. You're not on an island. No. You got to listen to your customers. You got to ask for help. And, and again, it's nice that, you know, yes, you have to pay those taxes, but you're getting that support oh, yeah. from. No, they're, they're very helpful. And there's a, um, at least for us, the Ohio Wine Producers is an association that we belong to and they lobby for us. So, mm -hmm. you know, if there's something legislatively that might harm us or might not be to our advantage, they make sure they're out front and, mm -hmm. you know, are talking about what's the impact to the winemakers and, and specifically grape growers in Ohio. Uh, we're not, we've got a nice little small vineyard here, but we're, our production um, is coming from the, the other sources. So we're not, we're not yet crushing these grapes on, on site. Um, we're getting our juice in from other sources. So a lot of it is those Ohio grape growers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rough business. It's, it, you know. Well, speaking of rough business, how did the pandemic affect you? I mean, you have an outdoor space. So did, how did the pandemic yeah, so we you. were we were really fortunate that the patio was already here. We built this in the fall of 2019. So after again, very serendipitous. Yes, <laughs> after three summers of this was a grassy area and no roof, and and making that decision not to build a new building, um, we just decided we would add on this patio, and then. Um, we extended our lawn area and put sod in and we did that that was an expense of covid um because we had to grow grass fast mm -hmm. i mean and and you'd think you wouldn't even realize something as simple as purchasing furniture you talked about supply chain um in that spring of 2020 furniture was so hard to come by because everybody was creating an outdoor venue and we were, you know, I was on different sites buying this table and four chairs from this place and another table and and just to have the furniture out here. Um, but it really did help us. We did have to close per the governor's order. We had to close our tasting room. We were able to open, um, we had a, we were able to sell from our front door. So we had a lot of our customers, regular customers who uh, came and picked up wine. Um, and did that on a weekly basis. And we partnered with um, another uh, owner in Maslin, Aaron's Chocolates. Mm. So we partnered for Mother's Day. We did wine and chocolate packages. Oh, that's awesome. We Again, sold those. Thinking outside the box. Oh, uh, we sold together. those clear up to Cleveland wow. uh, because my daughter lives in Cleveland and she took orders up there of wine and chocolate. And they just went on Aaron's website and picked the chocolate they wanted, put the order in with me. I went down, picked up the chocolate. We put that together. So I delivered in Maslin, um, and then Leanne took some orders to Cleveland for us. Um, but yeah, you you were you, you were thinking creatively. Yeah, we were allowed to do drinks to go at the time. We can still do drinks to go. Um, we don't have a way to have you take a glass of wine to go. We don't do that. So our wine and bottles was always could always be bought to go. Um, but we did slushies. Mm -hmm. You could do. Um, we did a sealed pouch slushy mm -hmm. with food. Um, it's a meal. Mm -hmm. We did a small cheese tray as a meal. Mm -hmm. 
that's getting a little creative on the meal side. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we we did that the first and year, the and, and I think it was like whatever it. you had to do to to mm-hmm. stay open. So we had we had a food truck here on a Saturday. And we had a line down the vineyard of people trying to keep them six feet apart, but selling slushies from the front, from outside the front door mm-hmm. and had that food truck here. So um, we just looked for ways to still bring people on the property, have them remember that we're here. Um, but interestingly enough, other people were looking to support small businesses. Mm-hmm. So we oh, had, I know we did. Yeah, we had calls and emails from people we didn't even know. Would you deliver wine to us? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. So we did the transaction. I love that people came yeah. together in yeah. that way. That, yeah. that was it was pretty neat. Good, a good side of things to see because yes. we saw a lot of ugly. Yeah. But this was a really nice thing to come together. Yeah. So I, for us, and again, this was not our livelihood. So like, you know, an industry, um, nail salons, hair. I mean, friends of mine who were in that business who were completely sent home. And, and truthfully, not allowed to break their licensing and, and do their mm-hmm. their job at home. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, had a really, really tough time. Mm-hmm. Our daughter worked in retail. She was home, mm-hmm. but she was here. So, and it scared me just to let her go to Cleveland to deliver mm-hmm. some of the deliveries we did. But, you know, there, there was that fear at that time that is looking back on it, um, you know, it was, it was just a strange time. But we... We made it work in our outside venue that summer. We we were packed out here. People were, and you can see the tables are still pretty much 10 feet, six feet, 10 mm-hmm. feet apart. That's how we've kept things. Uh, the patio didn't have as much furniture as it does on it now. Um, the musicians were the ones who had to decide. Did they want to be out front um, singing in a group? Mm-hmm. And some of them, had to give up their music jobs because their day job was was gone mm-hmm. and they had to find a different day job we had one um musician that actually ended up driving truck and was out of town a lot and so they weren't able to play yeah musicians um, were hit really hard yeah they were and so we tried as much as we could we did have to cancel our music from march through june then we started back up i think mid-june and went through as long as we could stay outside mm-hmm. And then, I, then we canceled from October through the end of the year. We didn't do any music. And we were closed then. Um, we always close here in January. We just take the month off to regroup. And usually we have a remodeling project mm. that we're working on. So, And that is true for this year, too. Um, so, I, you know, we were, we were just fortunate mm-hmm. um, to be able to get through it without too much harm. Um, and... and being creative, you know, with what we were doing. I'm working with others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I do have to ask. Sure. We're going to go a little deeper here. Okay. But for our, our listeners that are maybe beginning stage in a business or want to create one, when you were thinking about this, I mean, you worked for somebody else for mm-hmm. your whole mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. And then you decided to go open your own business. Mm-hmm. So what kind of fears showed up for you? Mm. I, well, I think... I just read somewhere, you know, if you're thinking about starting a, a business, you, you can't use the model if we build it, they will come, okay? The field of dreams, it doesn't necessarily work because <laughs> advertising, marketing, and what happened is, you know, the first couple of years, we were able to use the ticket, which was the entertainment section of the repository, but newspapers kind of fell by the wayside, and, uh, and that was a COVID ramification as well. 
Um, so for me, the fear was, we're going to put all this work into it. Is anybody going to show up? Because it's, um, it isn't, you know, we don't take appointments. We're not a business by appointment or we're not, um, you know, we're not delivering a product out. We are definitely waiting come for people in. To, yeah. Exactly. And is there going to be a time where we're going to be sitting here twiddling our thumbs? So I will, I, I would say um, anybody starting a business, you know, the market research is really important to know what, what you want to be and what you don't want to be and, and stick to that, um, that plan. And then marketing, I, I, I love the marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm the person who designs the labels. I do all the advertising. I, I spend a lot of time on my computer. Um, I'm not great with Instagram and Twitter. That's a new thing for me. I'm still learning. But Facebook, Facebook groups has helped a lot. I think that's the, the biggest stumbling block is people don't realize how much work is behind marketing your business. Um, and, you know, you can put a sign. We didn't have a sign on the corner for probably two years, two or three years. We didn't even have a sign up there. And we went by word of mouth and Facebook. And I did Facebook ads, a lot of pushing out Facebook ads. But I still get people after, this is our sixth year, who stop by and say, I just lived down the road and I didn't even know you were here. And, and I'm not sure, you know, how we reach everybody. But we're still, we're still as, as you said, your first time here was in July. We're still... Um, but, but meeting the, people. But the good who, news is, then we find and we yes. find places like this, and then we bring our friends, sure. and then they bring yeah. their friends, because that's how we came. Yeah. Our friends had been here, right. and they brought us. Yeah, and so I, that's that's the fear I had is we're going to do all this work, and we don't we don't really know. And and as and to develop a business plan. Um, and I'm okay. I have a master's degree in business, so I've done business classes up to my forehead. Okay, <laughs> but. Most people will tell you, the Small Business Administration will say, develop a, a marketing plan, develop a business plan. But, but that is a really hard thing to do. I mean, unless you can take another business and, and replicate exactly what they're doing for where you are, your location, your product line, I, I don't know how you write your business plan to the T. Now, you have to have a plan because a bank, if you're going to get a loan, um, to start your business or you're going to do an investment type, you know, maybe maybe get local people to invest in. You've got to have some sort of a plan. Um, but that was hard for us because our, our business plan, the way we thought about it, is we're a market for sweet wines. This part of Ohio, what we experience is it's a market for sweet wines. He, Fred made three, we had three, um, no, we had two red wines on our original wine list, a Cabernet Sauvignon and a blend. And he made those a year in advance. They sat aging a year's a good time. And we ran out of cab our first six months. So you readjusted. And he, he doesn't like to run out of wine. I can mm -hmm. tell you that. It makes him nervous when he runs out of wine. So then we had to, you know, we had wine that was going to be ready in six more months. So then it's like, okay. And, and there's limitations in the wine industry. You can't buy, we are not allowed to buy bottled wine and sell it as our own. That's, mm -hmm. that's a no-no. We can buy wine already made by someone, but it's very restricted. And you really don't want to do that. We really want, want to say own. we're making our own wine here. 
Um, so we adjusted, yeah. And um, but that was, you know, the dry red market was not a market we thought was going to be a market for us, and it is. And in fact, now we have four instead of two. We now have four. So what's your biggest sellers? It's still it's still the OH. It's still the Concord Niagara blend, mm -hmm. which is one that I wanted after going to other wineries. It was my favorite wine. So I can tell you it's um, tastes similar to um, Roadhouse, Roadhouse Red, Red. okay, yep. or Farmer's Red mm -hmm. is the, the Troutman. That was always my favorite, mm -hmm. um, Troutman's Farmer's mm -hmm. Red. Um, so, you know, I wanted something like that. Mm -hmm. And so Fred worked on that for a while. Um, that is still our biggest seller. And it's and for two reasons. One is the the wine is good. So like I said, the wine always has to be quality wine. But the labeling on that. Oh, it's cool. Um, Even the name. Yeah, it sells it sells itself. We mm -hmm. just recently worked with an attorney to trademark that. Mm -hmm. So the OH and the IO. Um, interestingly enough, OH was already trademarked by a winery in Virginia. Oh wow! So it's Old House Winery, and they use OH as their symbol. Um, and so we have submitted a trademark for OH only happy mm -hmm. and then we submitted a trademark for IO mm -hmm. so that we we would be the only winery in Ohio who would be able to put those two bottles together mm -hmm. like that and that's and so cool I, I didn't think about it being important until we run a zoom and that's call. another adjustment exactly we run a zoom call with a with this lawyer and he was talking about trademarking your winery's name or um, copywriting and trademarks and I spoke to him afterwards and I said you know it's always been a little um, it was Fred's idea uh, the OH and the IO and then I had the lab I designed the labels and the label company worked it out for us they did it but I told them exactly what I wanted on the label um, and it it was it just sells that the pears just sell and some people they don't even try the wine and that makes me yeah, like you want to taste the wine like you want you know and, and then, we want it for our bar right it's cool. right right yeah. and and we'll have people walk in you know and say um we want that ohio state wine it's like okay this is not ohio state this is i was very careful with mm -hmm. the way we Marketed colored it. the bottles mm -hmm. drew the o so the oh is the concord kind right. of roadhouse red what's the io uh, the IO is a I Moscato. Moscato. Because we ate, I, we ate, we drank all of them. We yeah. tried a bunch of wine, but <laughs> we, you know, we were testing right, them all. Right. So, yeah. 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 So, those two this past year, and maybe the, so it would have been 20, yeah, 2020, because of COVID, we started bottling in small bottles. Mm. So, when he bottles, um, we put some small uh, OH and IO together. And we sell those in a gift pack, a smaller okay, gift pack, to make it a little bit more yeah. affordable. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then this past year, we and we're allowed to do that. So there's a lot of restrictions on labels. We have to submit every label to the federal government, and they this review is downtown it. Canton's That's courthouse. The, yep, that yep. is the courthouse. My, when I worked in banking, my office used to I used to look right out. Oh at my that. gosh! Yeah. So I I took that picture. We went downtown. That and, is. I mean, I just love yeah. how you put you guys this personal stamp on. Yeah. A lot. Most of the wines are Maslin named Maslin and or, or Star County or Ohio. Some of them are like Sweet Sophia is Sophie's wine. Oh yeah, your pup's wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one was a special edition for a little girl. So one of the things that we've tried to do is support local initiatives mm -hmm. um, or things that are close to our heart, I guess, in that way. And um, in this instance, it was a little girl who had brain cancer, and 
we said we would do a wine as a fundraiser. She actually lived in Pennsylvania. Her, um, her friend, she's friends of my daughter. They went to college together. A friend of a friend went to college together. So um, Nora was the little girl who was sick. And all of our wine that we sold that year, any profits we made off of Sweet Sophia, we sent to oh, the Children's that. Hospital in Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, Nora didn't, didn't make it, but her family um, did a huge fundraiser so that other families who go through the same experience, um, so that the equipment's at the hospital mm -hmm. and they don't have to wait for test results. And they did a huge fundraiser. So we used our wine as a fundraiser, and that bottle still says for Nora on it. Mm. Um, but ironically, we found out that Nora and Sophie share the same birthday. So July 16th is their birthday. So we kept it on there. It still says for Nora. Um, but we did that. We have another one that we did during COVID. I approached the Mass Women's Club because the Women's Club was closed. They couldn't do tours. They weren't able to do their normal fundraising, and we labeled a bottle with the Women's Club picture picture of the building on it. And, and I also talked to the Heritage Foundation at the time. And so we donated back to the Women's Club from sales of that wine for that year. And since then, um, we've kept it on the bottle, but now we, we do more fundraising, like buying tables at their events, you know, sponsoring a table where we invite folks um, to come with me to some of the events that the Women's Club have. Oh, that's awesome. I love the giving back, too. That's, that's full circle, too. Yeah. yeah. You know. And that we started that originally. I mean, that's why I wanted to be able to pull our website up, because I can't always remember this um, line by line. But part of our business plan was, you know, write the mission, provide delicious quality wines in an atmosphere that's warm and inviting that was always you know doesn't have to be modern it's mm -hmm. just has a good feel and here a good vibe and then our values so make friends keep friends that came from my dad mm -hmm. that was a uh, if I sell you a dozen corn and it's bad corn come back next week and you'll get a dozen for free mm -hmm. I mean it was just the way he operated um, he just was that kind of a guy and so we we just felt that was number one we're going to make friends here and we're going to keep you coming back we're going to keep our friends that we make um, produce quality wines that's number two probably should be one but that's number two um, work with passion so that's part of our um we both i felt we both worked in the service industry so me in education and fred and his music through the church that he was part of um, and just putting that passion in everything we do here and then loving local, so anything we can do to support. Now, we get we get a lot of, when you're in a small business, you just get asked all the time, mm -hmm. can you donate to this, can you donate to that, can you donate, so that's one of the other things that I would recommend when you're first starting out, draw those lines and and stick to the lines. So we, um, we have in the past supported the Mass on Boys and Girls Club because mm -hmm. our daughter played basketball there and felt that that was a good way for us to support something in Maslin, but we don't support team type events mm -hmm. because we also don't feel a winery should support a, a children's team of any kind. Mm -hmm. So we don't we don't support local sporting. We, we get asked a lot, but we just don't. Now folks will come and buy our wine and they'll put it in a basket for a basket raffle and that's fine. Um, but we just don't do any of that um, with high school or school type things we do children's cancer mm -hmm. um we've ha we had another um little gal who did survive and we um helped towards her some of her fundraising that was going on early when we opened um and then 
uh, St. Jude's Hospital. Mm -hmm. um, just some things that are close to our hearts. You know, it, that's the way that we can continue to support um, children's cancer research and um, and then some local things, you know, that we feel that, like the Mouse and Women's Club was one thing that we felt we could, we could support here. Um, and, then, and then the other thing I like about the Loving Local, and you would see this on our website is, and I have it on our website, is the um, line from Macy's Santa Claus is sending people to Gimbel's. Okay, so for us to know if, if we're closed here, please go to Newman Creek Cellars downtown, mm. okay? If Newman Creek's closed, they'll send people here. Mm -hmm. um, go to Dragonfly and Canal Fork. Oh, I love Dragonfly, too. Yeah. But um, that's what you're saying. It's you supporting know, each other. Right. Go to Gervasi. Mm -hmm. I, I will ask people. They're, they're from out of town. They're not even from Ohio, and they end up here. How'd you end up here? Mm -hmm. Okay, do you know there's this beautiful winery in Canton, Ohio? Mm -hmm. You don't want to miss that if you're in Stark County this weekend. But I think what's important about that is the abundance mindset of not having, like, the negative mindset of, like, scarcity, you know, like... You have to only come here, the, or the competition between oh, it. It's yeah, like you're thinking yeah. in abundance. Yeah, and and wineries have always been like that. I well, think. when you go up to yeah. Geneva, you right. go, want to go to all the right. wineries. Right. You, want to you go from one to the other to the yes. other. Yes. You know, the same with the Finger Lakes. I mean, yes. you, oh, we've been and there Finger too. Lakes even more so. Yes, I they mean, almost push you block. out the door. In yeah. The yeah. Finger I mean, Lakes. I've never been. There. Well, yeah. the, the, except yeah. there's different because in the Finger Lakes you can't sit down at a table. You can't. That's right. It's a five minute tasting. You can't have a glass and you go. Yeah, oh, which I yeah. like the ambiance of sitting right. and enjoying right. and talking. So yeah, that's an interesting yeah. piece too. Yeah, so we make sure that we know. So we know most of the wineries within 30 miles of us. We've been there in the past year or two. We've talked to the owners. We know if we're sending someone there, we know why we're sending them there. If you want drier reds than ours, you know, Newman Creek has, has a great drier red than ours. If, if you want something a little different, you want a different atmosphere, you know, you can go here, you can go there, whatever. If you're heading north, you, here's where you can go. We make sure we understand all of that. Um, and that, to me, is some of the local, and then the local restaurants mm -hmm. and, you know, places mm -hmm. that I need to update that, but um, that and we send fun to research to. all of those as well. Yeah, and then the last, I mean, the paying forward was our last uh, part of our values was um, what we do here. But And we've done a lot with the animal rescue, so Star County Humane. We had a birthday party for Sophie last year when she turned 10, Aww. and we supported the um, Humane Society and the um, the dog warden. Well, both Sophie and Matt, I mean, Sam, Sam. are rescues right yes so it's yes. not just talking the talk you're no actually, no you're and the dog before actually the dog before sophie actually came from the star county dog warden mm -hmm. so we you know we know that the, the work that they're doing and when we did sophie's birthday party we had people show up with dogs and they came just because we were collecting items mm -hmm. and leashes and paper towels and things and dog food and treats and that and then i delivered them over but people that we'd never seen here you know, came bring, bring, bring them in. Yeah. Is this dog friendly? Can it is uh, in the grass area. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know to a lot of people. Um, if there's no one here, they can sneak up on the patio. But mm -hmm. if there's people here, we then we ask to be out in the grass area. Yeah. Where Sophie leashed. is holding yep, down the court is. in the grass. So. She's probably cooler out there. <laughs> She's but, following yeah. the rules. Yeah. So. I, I I can't. I, I'm so thankful that you in, allowed us to come here and oh, enjoy you. this stark white with the beautiful picture of that you took of the courthouse. And um, I have tried multiple of the wines here. I don't know <laughs> that kind of sounds bad, but um, not in one sitting. But um, yeah. very very good wine. Thank very you. beautiful atmosphere. And you and it's for you. 
close to home. It's a walk away. Yeah, right. Yeah, so close to home, and um, and this has been around in your family for a long time, so it feels so like so much it like does. home. Yep, yep. When you can host your family member's wedding at your business, that's nothing's better than that. So my son got married here, and that was fun. And uh, yeah. So, so do you run out for weddings? Well, weddings are harder because um, weddings would be mostly Saturday night, and we've already booked music right. out. Now, we are going to have a wedding during the day in October. Um, we do a lot of showers during the day, so we do a lot of bridal baby showers. We'll do Saturday during the day, even though the winery opens at 1. Now that we have this patio space, it gives us somewhere else to send our guests who show up at 1 o'clock. So if you have a baby shower or a bridal shower and we start at 11.30 or noon or 12.30 or even 1 o'clock, at least the guests for the party are parked mm -hmm. and it usually in. We've had some really um, beautiful events in there and everybody puts their own little um, theme and, and decorating and um, there have just been some really cute, cute ones here. Um, and those and, are fun things. Everything yeah. about this winery is about... Okay, having a party for a shower yeah. or a yeah. wedding or enjoying music, it's, yeah. it's just very... And so the, the next thing on our, on our agenda, just to um, wrap it up maybe, is that we should be, we, we will hopefully hear after today, the Star County Board of Elections meets, we submitted a petition for Sunday sales oh, okay. um, because Star County is dry for Sunday unless you petition your voters. And so we um, had to go in our precinct, which our precinct area is Mayflower Village, 18th Street, 19th Street, that area, mm -hmm. um, and a little bit of 24th and 23rd in Maslin on the northwest side. And then um, that, if approved today, which I'm hopeful they will approve it, we would be on the ballot on November 8th for the Sunday sales. Oh, okay. And if that passes, I'm not sure we really want to be open on Sunday, but we want to have the ability to have private parties right. and have wine. So we have another private party. We've had a couple this summer on Sunday, but they just, they can't have wine. Mm -hmm. And they can't buy it. They always ask if they can buy it on Saturday, but they can't. The mm -hmm. license is absolutely no wine on Sunday. And that would sure open up a, yeah. a whole other yeah. avenue so, for you. So there's that. And then we're hoping we're going to add onto the front um, this coming winter just enough to give us a second restroom. So that's mm -hmm. been a limitation with this old building is we only had room for one bathroom inside. And uh, at least it, you had one though. We did. <laughs> yeah. We had no running yeah. water and, and we, electricity. And, you know, we've been we've been to some wineries where they have the portage on outside, mm -hmm. but again, you make your decision of what you want to be and what you don't want to be. Right. And that was one that yeah. I didn't want to be. <laughs> we do not want the portage on outside. So right. hopefully, um, we'll be adding that, and with that will come a little bit nicer front entrance and maybe an area in the winery where we can do um, some more retail sales mm -hmm. of other products because mm -hmm. we don't really have space in there right now um, to sell extra items yeah. but you know fun little uh, wine types things. yeah related wine stuff. wine related and stuff bags and yeah and the merlot candle right. and all that stuff right yeah. all that yeah. fun stuff yeah. so we'll have a little bit of space hopefully by next summer well good for that good. we will keep keep watching and keep visiting yeah yeah thank you so much i really appreciate you thank taking you. the time and getting to try your wine for the first time Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Well, um, I hope our guests can come out to Cherry Road Winery and visit Judy and Fred, and maybe Fred will be playing um, some music, and, and Judy's running around greeting everyone, <laughs> um, and maybe see, even get a peek at Sophie, their pup, 
who's who's always around and enjoy this space because we certainly have so as always stay cheeky